Hello. Welcome to the Sunday Time Style podcast, a discussion of the juiciest fashion, news and popular culture stories from throughout the week. A little bit about your hosts. I'm joined by Pandora Sykes on the mic. She's Style's fashion features editor and wardrobe mistress columnist and all-round good sport. And Dolly Alderton, Style's resident dating columnist and love guru. If you want to date Dolly, tweet her. Immediately, please. Coming up, we're discussing everything from Adele's triumphant win at the Brits last night to the politics of grey hair via our ludicrous story of the week featuring teeny tiny men. Just before we kick off with our first story, Adele, we'd like to thank our sponsors, ABCDEF, for helping us bring this podcast to you and remind you to follow the Sunday Time Style on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and Snapchat at the ST Style. So, first up, Adele who made musical history last night, winning four awards, including Best Female Artist and Best Album. The question that we will be discussing today is, were those awards deserved? And what do we make of Adele at this point in her stratospheric career? I love Adele. I don't care if that makes me super basic. But I know there's been lots of criticism about her music being sort of elevator music, but I think it's brilliant. I think she's faultless. And as Sophie Wilkinson, a journalist, wrote about Adele today, she does have this this lovable North London charm, which I know that some people use as a kind of stick to beat her with, that, you know, it's a bit hammy and it's a bit put on and can she really be as nice and as salt of the earth as all that, as well as having this incredible voice and being very, very rich. I think her music's brilliant and I think she deserved those four awards. I really do. I don't love Adele's music. You're going to rock the boat. I am going to rock the boat. I think Adele's music is hugely overrated. I don't find her her singing that soulful, as soulful as everyone else seems to find it. I find the music quite boring and repetitive. I would never listen to it at home. And probably for the first time in my life, I sort of agree with Noel Gallagher, who said, if someone wants to know what I think of Adele, I'll blinking tell them. I just don't see what the fuss is about. I don't like her music. It's music for grannies. I think there's so much more exciting music being made at the moment. Do you really, Pandora, relax at home while listening to Rolling in the Deep? I absolutely would relax at home, actually, whilst listening to it. I have quite basic music tastes. I absolutely concede that. I also love Taylor Swift, who I know that uh, you don't like, Dolly, because Dolly and I actually wrote a piece recently for the Sunday Time Style, a for and against of Taylor Swift. And Dolly, did you receive quite a lot of abuse Yeah, about I that? got proper, proper abuse that was absolutely horrible. That is the problem <laughs> if you go against the, the basic thrust. And um, most people do also love Adele. I'm also not sure you can use the um, Gallagher's to endorse your point because, I mean, case in point to illustrate, Liam Gallagher tweeted today, music in the UK has been abducted by massive, insert worst possible swear word you can think of, the end. In the landscape, the barren landscape of the Brits, which is notoriously dry, you know, with Anton Jack's sort of dad jokes, 
the Brits that used to be Robbie Williams and the Gallaghers having a punch up and Jarvis Cocker streaking, you know, his bare bottom out uh, while Michael Jackson sung. Adele did inject some much needed life and humour and character and brilliant opinions into the Brits. Well, she used it as a wonderful platform, didn't she, to defend her fellow female music artist who is also signed to an imprint of Sony, Kesha, who is currently locked into a contract that she's trying to get out of. She alleges that her producer sexually assaulted her. The whole thing sounds pretty ghastly and I think it's really great that Adele used that moment, especially as she assigned to Sony, to defend Kesha. And yes, sure, as some people have pointed out, Adele wasn't really risking her job in defending Kesha. I still think it's a, a bold and brilliant. I was so I proud of her agree. for saying that. And I, I think, absolutely agree. You know, she must be going through the most horrific, horrific week where she's been kind of like totally failed by her legal system. So I think the support of a wonderfully successful British female artist at the Brits would have probably been hugely affirming for her. And I think that's that kind of behaviour is exactly why she is a national treasure. And, and rightly so. And the Gallaghers may not agree with that, but I'll take Adele over Jarvis Cocker's bare bottom any time. Before we move on to the next story, it's time to announce our Instagrammer of the week. And that accolade goes to Buttonfruit, who is cheering us up daily with her beautiful illustrations and we suggest that you follow her too. We absolutely do. Our next story is on the subject of peacocking. Now, if you don't know what peacocking is, it is a term coined by the esteemed fashion critic and formerly the fashion critic of the International Herald Tribune, Susie Menkes, in 2013. Since Street Style came around at the fashion shows, it's the idea of dressing up like a peacock and sort of peacocking around, wanting people to take pictures of your outfit. There's been a lot about whether or not street star has turned into mere peacockery and it's no longer an expression or an outlet of authentic style. I would say, Pandora, that I saw peacocking in action last Friday evening when I bumped into (laughs) you in Soho wearing, I think, the nuttiest old skirt I've ever seen. (laughs) It wasn't old, Dolly. Listeners, imagine, if you will, a rah-rah skirt made of baco foil and... I saw it before I saw Pandora. If that isn't peacocking, I don't know what is. So I think I'm a magpie. I don't think I'm a peacock, and I'll tell you why. I definitely wear, as people like to call it, eclectic and bold and confident fashion, which I always find really humorous because it's not bold or eclectic to me. It's a bit like what Susie Bubble, the um, brilliant and kind of original fashion blogger once said that just because she wears these outlandish quote-unquote clothes because she loves print and colour that that she must be really crazy whereas she's very normal and works incredibly hard I don't dress a certain way because I think it's going to get me noticed I dress how I dress because it's it's what I feel comfortable in and sure it would be disingenuous to say that if I'm going to fashion week I don't know that I might get my picture taken and I want to wear some of the things I love the most, which, yes, Dolly, includes my tinfoil skirt, but I dress like that every day. The the peacockery that I have a problem with and that I think is tarring us all with the same brush is this idea of people changing for each fashion show. So for people who aren't au fait with what that would mean, it could mean you change up to four, five times a day and you put on a different outfit for every show. Probably if you're sitting on the front row, you change into something that that designer has loaned you. So to me, there's nothing authentic in that. You're not wearing an outfit because you love it. 
and it's not even yours. You're just simply performing. And I feel like that makes a bit of a, a mockery of the idea of personal style. I'm going to stick up for the outfit changes of this world. Although I may not be one, I am very happy with putting on a outfit in the morning and sticking with it all day. I love the women who change at weddings. I love the girls who have four outfit changes for my super sweet 16th. I think it shows a wonderful joie de vivre. I just have an issue when I've seen the fourth outfit of the day or hashtag OOTD on Instagram that I get a bit bored and I just want someone to wear their socks for more than half a second without having to jettison them. You know, we're not Justin Bieber. We don't need to change our clothes every hour. And in protest, I'm going to wear this polo neck for a week, Dolly. You look great in it. Thank you very much. Before we move on, I'm going to announce my High Street Buy of the Week. It is the Juno Glove Shoe by Topshop. I actually spotted these everywhere at Fashion Week. Styles fashion editor Flossie has a pair in red. They come in six different colours. The Juno shoe, gold, white, black, grey, red and tan. And I spotted them all different colours and they're £59 and they are exactly like the blocky ballerina that I recently extolled the virtues of in style. So go and snap up a pair and you'll know that you have my absolute approval in your choice of footwear. On to our next story, we're talking about the politics of grey hair. So, Mary Beard, incidentally one of my dream dinner party guests... That doesn't surprise me for a second. ...has, along with Adele actually, has um, spoken out in favour of grey hair. She's uh, making a show for Radio 4 at the moment called Glad to be Grey. She said she's proud of her grey hair. She would never dye it back to her original light brown colour. She would resent the time it takes for maintenance. And she wears it out of principles. She doesn't want to pretend that she's any younger than she is. How old is Mary Beard? Just out of interest. She is 61. So she is leading what she calls a glad to be grey revolution. I think there are some like wonderful-looking grey-haired women. Ruth Chapman, who's the co-founder of MatchesFashion.com, one of my favourite multi-brand stores, looks phenomenal with grey hair. Sarah Harris, the fashion features director of British Vogue, um, you know, looks amazing with that long, long grey hair. But I have to be honest, I think some women look better with grey hair than others, and I don't know if I'm up for it myself. It even scares me... My boyfriend going grey. When I'd had a bad day, he used to let me um, tweezer. I knew you were going to say that. Tweezer his grey hairs out. Your for tweezing hairs. Oh, it's wonderful. I've had to stop now because he has too many. He's completely fine with going grey. He'll look really foxy grey, I think. I like it. I like men with grey hair. I don't know. Maybe I have a Peter Pan complex, but I do clearly have an issue. Am I just being vain? I think this is a sad expression of internalised patriarchal rule pandora and i agree with mary beard she's saying that the gray hair thing with women the reason that they die it's not a question of vanity it's diagnostic of a society and i think particularly british society that is absolutely petrified of age and people getting old and the idea that once you once you get old once your hair goes gray once you turn 60 even 50 you should be packed away to bournemouth and put in a pair of dr shawls and basically 
sit and wait until you die. I know what you mean, actually, about how I think that our British society does have a problem with age. There's been lots written, which I always find very interesting, on how other cultures, so particularly Asian cultures, uh, really respect the elder Mm. women in the family. They always live, they're always part of the nuclear family, and what they say goes. They are considered wise, Mm. and that used to be the case. I think now, probably because of the advent of technology, Technology is power. The internet is power. Who uses the internet best? Young people, because they learn. So the older the older guard are sort of being made to feel quite redundant. Um, you know, they're these doddery old fools who don't know anything. Because exactly. quite frankly, we can start a website age 17 and be turning over millions by the time we're 18. And I would say that's 100% affected how we look at getting older. The ageing process, there is definitely that pressure on women like how often do you hear she looks good for her age i know not just she looks good so do you think that you will let yourself go gray i really like to think that i would i really i think you'd look great gray because you've got this lovely thick long hair i really like i'd look like an old budgie no you wouldn't like an old little budgie you wouldn't you'd look lovely you'd look very chic Before we move on, we have a sneak preview of what's coming up in this week's style. It's the Fashion Special, which is a stonking 148 pages of fabulous things to wear. Uh, Pandora will deconstruct the trickiest trends, (coughs) Baker Forsgaard, and how to wear them. There will also be an interview with a British supermodel and everyone's favourite 90s Hollywood actor. She is back. The last story this week is our ludicrous story of the week. A weekly event, this is where we will find the most nonsensical, stupid and downright aggravating news story for you. So this week's ludicrous story is awful sexist ad campaign featuring half-naked women and tiny, tiny men smacking their bottoms or pulling down their bikini bottoms or trying to dive down their cleavage. The international fashion brand, quote unquote, is called uh, Suit Supply. I've never heard of them before. But even more hilariously, the CEO of Suit Supply, Fokker de Jong, that, yes, that's his real name, the CEO has claimed that the adverts are are not sexist towards women, he's merely rectifying a sexist society that is sexist towards men. He says, the men in our toy boy campaign are depicted as play dolls for the women. The men do not have the upper hand here. Sexism implies inequality, he told BuzzFeed. If you want to read any form of sexism in here, it has to be towards the men. Dolly, what do you think about this? I think it's the biggest load of old codswallop I've ever heard. When you see these pictures of these extraordinarily creepy little men... Google them. It's Toy Boys Campaign 2016 and the brand is Suit Supply. The women may be large, but they are still silent women with bare, you know, scantily clad bottoms. I have no idea how this is meant to be empowering for a woman. I think it's a total insult that we would swallow that load of old guff that just because the women are supersized in it and the men are teeny tiny, that somehow they're meant to be emasculated. They're still totally the ones in charge of that image, and I think I absolutely hate it. They're wearing three-piece suits, which I find absolutely hilarious. I mean, Caitlin Roper from uh, Collective Shout, which is a women's group, has said, um, the notion that this could be an example of reverse sexism or sexism against men, as they've alleged, is naive at 
best. The women are hypersexualized and posed in subordinate and ridiculous poses. I mean, I'm absolutely riveted by the borrower-sized men. As someone that loved the borrowers, I feel like this is slightly tarnishing what was, a, what was a very lovely brand. nostalgic memory. But Dolly, as our resident love guru, dating columnist, relationship expert and all-round knower of the field, do you quite fancy a little play doll for yourself? Well, being a woman of six foot who often wears high heels, unfortunately, those adverts basically every date (laughs) I have every Friday night, except I'm normally wearing more clothes. So, no, I don't need a teeny tiny man. I have enough teeny tiny men wherever I go. They're everywhere. It's Borrower's City, London for me. Shame on you, fucker Dijon. That's all from us this week. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat and Twitter at The SD Style and pick up The Sunday Times Style with The Sunday Times newspaper every Sunday. Pandora and I will be back next week, so don't forget to tune in. And, of course, if anything caught your fancy or just plain annoyed you from this week's podcast, you can tweet us at The SD Style or Dolly and I. And if there's anything you would like us to talk about, just let us know and we will try and address it for you in the next podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye.